Football is officially back, and we've got you covered right here on the Ringer NFL feed. I'm Shiel Kapadia, and every Tuesday and Friday, Ben Solak and I will be bringing you Extra Point Taken. Nora Princiati here to tell you that Steven Ruiz and I will be coming to you every Monday and Thursday. Our Monday show will recap everything from Sunday's games. Thursday's show will encompass any news during the week with an eye towards the next slate of games. Subscribe to the Ringer NFL show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to follow the Ringer NFL on Instagram, TikTok and Twitter at Ringer NFL. It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here, and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, Start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and Bet Live. Same game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present. In select states, gambling problem, call 100 Gambler or visit theringer.com slash RG. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. Let's roll, baby. Welcome in. It is a special Monday night edition of New York, New York after a debacle at the Meadowlands for the New York Giants. My goodness, that has been uh, the theme of the year. Outside of the second half that we saw against the Arizona Cardinals, it has been an absolute you-know-what show for Brian Dable, Wink Martindale, Daniel Jones. You give me the guy on the New York Giants. And what I'll give you, statistically speaking, is the worst point differential in the NFL. What you saw on Monday night, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, was anemic, pathetic, sad football. As the Giants go and lose to the Seattle Seahawks by the score uh, of 24 to 3. And, and I want to remind everybody out there of a couple of things here. Before we start diving into your calls, and I see you guys already a hot and heavy to jump in, I want to remind you of two facts. The Seattle Seahawks, statistically speaking, so far this year, yes, they are a 3-1 football team. They are also the same defense that gave up a ton of passing yards to Andy Dalton a week ago. They are also the same team, mind you, that was down not one, but two starters on the offensive line. Why do I bring that up? I bring that up because injuries, adversity, 
dealing with shit. That is a part of life in the NFL. I don't care who you are. I don't care what team you are. You're going to be dealing with adversity. So, yes, I am well aware of the fact that the New York Giants did not have Saquon Barkley and they did not have Andrew Thomas. And I know the amount of times that Daniel Jones got sacked and I know how sad a number it was. Listen, it was pathetic. It was absolutely pathetic to see your quarterback get sacked 11 times in this particular game. But let's acknowledge something here. At 14-3, as ugly as it was for the Giants, they're finally getting something going on offense. They finally have good field position. Jones finally makes a couple of plays with his legs. And he locks down Witherspoon, reading them like you're reading a book or a newspaper or your phone. And Witherspoon locked in, jumped the route, pick six, game, set, and match. That is on Daniel Jones. We could talk about the offensive line making them skittish. We could talk about the terrible protection. It's a narrative. I'm not going to be dumb enough to ignore that. But to exonerate the quarterback from what you saw on the field is incredibly foolish. It's incredibly foolish. And if you think I'm wrong, then go and watch Brian Dable's reactions as he is MFing, scolding, throwing tablets, throwing his hands up in the air, basically gyrating every which way to scold his quarterback. Now, Brian Dable is not excused from this. And I think it is fair to say the honeymoon for Brian Dable, and you knew this would happen. That's part of coaching. That's part of life in the NFL. That's part of life being in New York. It's never as easy as when it's going good. And last year, Dable got off to a fast start. They surprised everybody. They won that Tennessee game. Gave them great goodwill. They won the next week. They won the London game against the Packers, who turned out to be a fraud team a season ago. And the Giants kind of ran with it and found their way into the postseason. And we know what happened. They played brilliantly against Minnesota. They got absolutely thoroughly outclassed and smoked by the Philadelphia Eagles. And I think the mistake that I may have made and the mistake that many of you Giant fans may have made in evaluating and looking at this team, despite all of the signs of, hey, first-year coach, easy schedule, overachieved, usually those are teams that are bound for regression in the NFL. History of the league tells us that. But I looked at their improvements where I said, wow, Giants roster last year was lacking a whole lot of playmaking talent. They had Darren Waller. I'm all excited. Everyone in the preseason tell me how good he looks. I go to Giants training camp. He looked amazing. He's an Adonis. Honest question. Where is Darren Waller? I mean, does anybody know? Uh, You got any answers for me? Where, where, Where is Darren Waller? Darryl Waller today, three catches for 21 yards. Completely invisible. Then, how about Jalen Hyatt? I know the Giants don't have the protection to take shots down the field. 
maybe Coach Dable, a little bit of creativity. Give me some of the creativity you saw last year when you found the way to make it work with not a whole lot on the field. Get him the football. Right? Like, find a way to get him the football. Then there's the issue of the defense. And I don't know how many times Wink Martindale is just going to send blitz after blitz after blitz after blitz and expect different results. Secrets out, Wink. Everyone around the league knows what you want to do. They all know you want to blitz. Teams are ready for it. They're prepared for it. I mean, no offense coming in. How about that tackling when Drew Locke is in the game? The only guy that he feels comfortable throwing the football to is his old buddy from the Denver Broncos. No offense put on a sideline nutcracker dance that had some of the worst tackling that you're ever going to see. That is also a part of the narrative. Hideous tackling, poor schematics, quarterback outside of the second half against Arizona has stunk. Line has stunk. What's what's been good? What's been good? And now we know what's staring the Giants in the face the next two weeks. And I know it's the NFL. And listen, this might be me knowing I'm going to the game next week. You think I'm counting that game as an easy one for the Dolphins? Of course not. It's football. I'm not that stupid. But in theory, if you look at the next two games, the Vegas odds are going to tell you the Giants are going to have a really hard time getting one of their next two games. If they do, with the way they're playing right now, it'd be a miracle. It really would. At the Dolphins and at the Bills. Lose both of those games, you're one of five, and the season, in many ways, is spiraling, spiraling out of control. And it's giving you those vibes that you had with Joe Judge two years ago, that you had with Pat Shermer, that you had with these other coaches. Now, shit is hit the fan for Brian Dable. There's no getting around that. How do you respond? How do you get off the mat? Because for four weeks, the Giants have been one of the worst teams in the NFL. I have no problem saying that. You should have no problem saying that. They have absolutely been one of the worst teams in the NFL. You want to tell me the Niners and the Cowboys are really good teams? They are really good teams. Seattle is the above-average football team. They're going to win 10 games. They'll probably make the playoffs. They're better than the Giants. With extra time to prepare, with a West Coast team coming to the East Coast to look like that, don't give me the injury excuses either. That's an embarrassing football game. And it's been an embarrassing, embarrassing start to the season. All right, let's let it off. A lot of calls right out of the gate. Uh, let's head to our buddy David. Uh, who joins us. Hi, David. What's up, pal? Hey, Jay. What's going on? How are you? David, we're doing well. All, all things considered, we're doing well. What's up, dude? No to the NFL. No more New York games in primetime. We've had enough. Well, listen, it has not been a great start for the New York football season. It has not been a great start to the New York primetime season. Um, how about this for a nugget? And Stefan sent me this right after I got on TV, right after I got off TV. This from uh, Ed Werder over at ESPN. David, there are two teams who haven't run an offensive play with the lead this season. You know who those two teams would be? Giants and Jets. You nailed it. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding. Twitter was on fire tonight. Obviously, you couldn't watch the game. It was non-competitive. 
I saw a great line someone someone wrote right after that pick six that uh, Daniel Jones should have asked Pete Carroll about throwing five, from the five yard line when you're when you're running it. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic! That's absolutely fantastic. You know, and, and listen, Pete Carroll had a ton of fun tonight. He's running up and down the sidelines. You know, for a guy who's in his early seventies, he acts like he's 45, 50 years old. Um, you're gonna have a lot of fun tonight. Your quarterback did whatever he wanted to do. Uh, your defense did whatever they wanted to do. You're getting sack after sack after sack. And, and I think the overarching question that a lot of people are going to have, David, is who is more responsible for the mess that we have seen offensively? Is it the putrid offensive line? Is it the quarterback? And, and to me, that's an impossible question to answer. You can't put all the blame on the offensive line, and you can't put all the blame on the quarterback, but both are not playing up to standard and they're not playing up to their capabilities. And look, the quarterback, David, is going to be put under the microscope, especially after the fact that he got a monstrous contract extension last March. So when you get that sort of money and you give clunkers like we've seen to start off this year, it doesn't exactly inspire confidence that the Giant fan is saying, wow, Daniel Jones, he's our guy, but you're not going to feel that way. I'm sorry, not at $40 million. Yeah, listen, JJ, you're 100% right. I mean, tonight, he didn't have a chance on some of those sacks, but but let's say the season spirals out of control. You're not going to go draft Caleb Williams. You're on the hook for this guy for $47 million guaranteed. Well, listen, David, David, let's see, let's see first and foremost if the Giants are picking number one overall. Because to me, they're not as bad. They should not be that bad a team where they're in that predicament, where they're in that position. But if they are, listen, anything's on the table if you have a season that rotten and that vile, especially with a prospect of that caliber coming out. He comes out, I don't care who it is, they're taking him number one overall. Yeah. Listen, JJ, just one last comment before, because I know you got to get to other callers. You're spot on with Boone and Cashman. Let's just give him lifetime. Well, lifetime, I mean, listen, and, and it's not official yet, David, but Andy Martino is obviously very tight with, I don't know, Cashman, Zillow, whoever is giving them the information with the Yankees. I don't know. They're bringing them back. I've accepted this now for the last couple of weeks. But, you know, everybody around baseball makes moves. Gabe Kaplan got fired. Buck Schulter got let go. Phil Nevin today got let go. But the Yankees, no, just give, give everybody lifetime contracts. Why not? Why not? Uh, let's head to Jordan. He joins us next. Hi, Jordan. How we doing, bud? Hey, Jordan, what's going on, dude? I'm frustrated. I'm, I'm tits on frustrated and, and mad. Embarrassing. Well, you should be mad. Listen, your team gave up double-digit sacks. You scored three points. Jordan, you've been one of the worst offensive teams in all of football. And you've been a brutal watch to start the year. Uh, I can't fault you on that. Uh, I'd be mad, too. Let's head to Brendan. Brendan joins us. What's up, Brendan? JJ, how we doing? Uh, Brendan, we're hanging in. What's up, dude? Hey, I mean, you hit that nail right on the head just to start. The honeymoon's over. I mean, you had 11 days to prepare for this game, sort of a mini bye week. And the mistakes right out of the bat. And I, and first of all, I want the special teams coach done tomorrow. Pack your bags. Uh, you're done. I've just seen enough mistakes from that end. And I, I've always said, you know, you can't win the game with special teams, but you could certainly lose it. And it's just the issues there, given automatic first downs, holdings. I mean, it was enough. It seemed like something on every play, let alone you put Adoree Jackson back there, risking it once again, deja vu. And like, like you said, I mean, 
it just it just started. It, the honeymoon's over, and and how I see the season going is Daniel Jones getting injured behind this offensive line, and that's when you can put the full tank on. I, I you can't tank with with him currently as it is. I mean, we're going to be better than than the worst team in the league, but how I see it going is you get yet another game where he's getting 11 sacks, 10 sacks, whatever. I, he's going to get hurt. He's going to get injured. And, and the season's going to spiral that way. So, you know, you, I, we make a ton of excuses for him as it is. I will say that first fumble, that's, that's his fault. He had a chance to kill the play. It was wrong from the very start. And, and that set us on a, on once again, a, just a trail of just misfortune and error. Uh, but, you know, we make a ton of excuses for the guy. You know, like you said, it's not all his fault. It's not all the offensive line's fault. It's it lays somewhere in the middle, but I, uh, it's 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 brutal right now, JJ. It's give and take. That's what it comes down to, Brendan. You have to understand that. Yes, there were times he was put in compromised positions. We're all aware of that. When you have double-digit sacks in an NFL game, a lot of that responsibility is going to fall on the line. But there were instances where Daniel Jones was locking in on a receiver was way too skittish to get rid of the football, was indecisive in playing the position. And then the the the, the unacceptable the biggest mistake he made of the game at 14-3, it can't happen. Like, nobody, Brendan, can look at the offensive line and watch that pick six and blame the offensive line when the quarterback is completely locking down a receiver. The defensive back can read him from a mile away. He reads his eyes. He jumps the route. He takes it all the way to the house. Touchdown. Game set match. Oh, no, absolutely. And I mean, Witherspoon said it in the, in the post game. I mean, they saw it on film and, and credit to him, man, that looked like Ed Reed. I mean, that was, that was one of the most just unreal defensive performances I've seen from a uh, defensive back in a, in a long time. So credit to him. He had an unbelievable game, but you know, we're, 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 we're showing things on tape. People are figuring us out. It's been a year. It's, it's, a, it's, it's the NFL. It's how it goes. So, you know, we, we better, I, I hope, in a, in a, in a, like I said, like in a week where you have 11 days to prepare, that's how creative we got and that's how predictable we were. Well, and that's my disappointment, Brendan, more than anything, too. You had extra time to get ready for this game. You know the magnitude and the significance of this game with what's coming up the next few weeks. I thought we'd get more out of the Giants offensively. And listen, I picked the Giants to win. I couldn't have been more wrong. I own it. My picks the last two weeks have been abominable. If they're going 5-0, and oh, what, in week two? The last two weeks have been an absolute shit show. So, sorry about that. We win some, we lose some. I'm at the podium. You know where to find me. It's not like I run and hide from you. Yeah, they were losers. Big time losers. Thinking the Giants would play better was foolish on my part. It was foolish on my part. Because right now, this team can't do anything right. They can't do anything right. And... How about this quote from Dable on the interception, 97-yard interception for a touchdown? What do you want Daniel Jones to do? Obviously, not throw an interception. Coach, not in the mood. Let's put it that way. Coach is clearly, clearly, clearly uh, not in the mood for any of the uh, extracurriculars from the media. Let's head to our buddy Bradley. He joins us next. Bradley, the floor is yours. Welcome in, pal. Uh, I mean, I don't even know where to start. with this one. I mean, I, I, I really just don't know where to start. It's like you had 11 days to prepare for this game. And literally for the four straight weeks, you start the, the game as sloppy as sloppiness could look. 
And it, it, it just, it all started on that fourth and one when they tried to go in for the little, you know, push a play and it just didn't go the way they wanted to. And it just went to hell from there. And, and it, it, I mean, I just know what, what you can say at that point. It, it's just, it, it's, it was just disgusting all the way around tonight. Um, and it's so funny, Bradley. You watch that play, and we've seen the Eagles work it to perfection. To the point where, Bradley, when I'm watching an Eagle game, I get annoyed seeing that play because I'm like, well, what are you supposed to do? How do you stop it? It just shows you the difference in the Eagle offensive line and their stout quarterback trying to run it. And Jones, who's a big guy and can run and is a capable runner, but don't try to pull a page out of the Eagles playbook that doesn't work for you. Uh, but more importantly, Bradley, where's the creativity with this offense? And I don't want to hear, and here's another thing for the defensive coordinator. He was upset about the fact that, you know, people were questioning the Giants tackling. He said that going into the Niner game. He said that throughout the week going into this game. Well, Wink, with all due respect, your defense can't tackle. They have been terrible tacklers this entire season. For people to question that is fair. For you to think it's an unreasonable question is clown nonsense. It really is. Yeah, and they showed again tonight. I mean, what was it, on that fifty-one play uh, uh, on the on the, in the second half or before the uh, before the uh, end of the first half? It was just disgusting. They couldn't tackle. And let me tell you something on that uh, on that pick six too. Listen, Dable can be pissed off as all all he wants to at, at Jones. That was a terrible mistake by Jones. He never should throw that ball. That's totally 100% on him. And Dable can be a, totally pissed off as much as he wants to. But make no mistake about it. Dable, you said, JJ, the honeymoon's over. He deserves a fair amount of criticism for that, for this performance tonight. Again, 11, 11 days to prepare for this game. And I thought they had a good shot as to win this game tonight, even though they were missing Thomas on the left side of the line and uh, Barkley wasn't playing. And they were facing, a. let's not forget, they were facing a banged-up secondary, and then they lost Jamal Adams early in the game too. I thought they were going to real. I thought this was going to be a good night for uh, Hyatt and Robinson and uh, Waller to really make some big plays uh, in this game. And this offense line just really just couldn't hold up for shit. And I think they just gave up another sack on, on Jones just now. And it, it, it was just all around bad. And it, you just couldn't, they could not have looked more poor and more like disgusting than we saw tonight. They just couldn't. Well, and how about this, Bradley? The Giants are the only team to play three primetime games so far this year. So outside of the Arizona game, they were Sunday night against the Cowboys, Thursday night against San Fran, and they were a Monday night game here against Seattle. 0-3 outscored 94-15 to in those three games. And how about this? The worst point differential by any team in a span of three primetime games within a season since the merger. Yep. Uh, just disgusting. And it's going to be, and I, and JJ, I hate to say it too. It's got that, that margin. It's going to go up in two weeks when they play Buffalo Sunday night. And that is going to be such a lopsided, uh, like game for against, uh, in that, uh, between the giants and the bills, the way the bills have been putting up points and sorry about your game the other day. That was a bad, that was an ugly loss on, on, on the, on your end, but, uh, the bills, they're just going to rack up a lot of points and that margin is just going to, increase in that Sunday night game in two weeks from, uh, from from yesterday. Listen, if we're being reasonable about this, Brad, and this is not me waving my dolphin pom-poms, this is not me waving the pom-poms of the Buffalo Bills. From what we've seen out of the Giants in four games, 
what would lead you to believe they're going to go to Miami or go to Buffalo and play well? Now, it's the NFL, and weird things happen. And, yeah, in theory, could they go and win the game? Yeah, sure. But from what we've seen on the field, the Giants have been an absolute abomination. And what continues to be a trend is when this giant team goes up against a team that is more talented than them. They get their doors blown off. It's going back to the Cowboy and Eagle games of last year. Non-competitive. And, you know, somebody tweeted this to me. And I, I don't have the exact record. Let's not forget about the fact the Giants went home before that Washington game last year. That they were comfortably cruising. I think they were like 6-1 and one or 6-2. and two, And they fell on some hard times. To the fact where they had to win a couple of games late just to get themselves into the playoffs. Now, it's forgotten because they got in and they obviously won the game against the Minnesota Vikings. But there was a regression trend second half of last year. And it has clearly carried over to what you've seen so far this year. Whew. Ugly, to say the least. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida. We'll be in New York. We want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by NetSuite by Oracle. As your business grows, you might start seeing some lag. There's too much work for your team, too many different processes, and it takes forever to close the books. If this sounds like you, you should know these three numbers, 37,000, 25, and 1. 37,000 is the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. It's a cloud financial system that can help streamline accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25, that's how many years NetSuite has been helping businesses do more with less. And one, because your one-of-a-kind business deserves a customized solution for your KPIs. It's like when you come here for this podcast or when you check out your favorite website to gather all the info you need to make better decisions for your fantasy leagues. Well, NetSuite does that for your business and then some. It's one efficient system, one source of truth with everything you need to grow. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash ringer. That is netsuite.com slash ringer. Uh, let's head to Francisco. Who's up next? Francisco, the floor is yours. What's up, dude? What's up, man? Okay, gotcha. Big fan, yo. The Yankees suck, period. They need to get rid of Cashman. I got I to I gotta just say that. Well, I mean, listen, I, Francisco, I've been waiting. I've been waiting for the last two years for GM change. I'm still waiting. I, I've been telling you for the last three years that this manager is not any good. And listen, I know I destroy Aaron Boone a lot and I give him a hard time. He's not a particularly good manager. This year, I kind of give him a pass on. The team was a nightmare. The roster was a nightmare. They were poorly constructed. But it, a lot of things working against them. Totally fair. But it just goes to show you the lack of accountability in that building that you have people making every excuse that they're 82 and 80, that people don't want any change. 
They haven't won in 13 or 14 years. And it just continues to be business as usual in the Bronx. And we shouldn't be surprised. That's really what it comes down to, Francisco. I shouldn't be surprised anymore. 100%, yo. And let me say about the Giants. Listen, what I saw today is officially just, it's done. That's it. I mean, there's nothing else to, there's nothing else to say that there's hope or there's, they're going to win or they get this, it's over. I mean, come on. Wow, you are what? So you are now Francisco at one and three, waving the white flag on this season. I've been done. Yeah, I mean, I'm done. I'll be honest with you. I am 100% done. I, I've seen, I've seen from the last season till now, I've just seen like it's over. I mean, well, listen, there are a whole lot of things. That there, Francisco, there are a whole lot of things not to like. Uh, do the Giants resemble a team that looks like a team that can make noise at any point this year? At this particular point in time, who could fight you on that? I can't. So I, the numbers that they saw today, I saw a number today where uh, Monday Night Football, they showed a number between when when, um, when Saquon was playing with the Giants was, um, I, I don't want to misquote the number, but it was um, without Saquon, it was 17.8. And then with Saquon, it was 20.8 when he was playing. What does that tell you of a difference of a margin of number of scoring points? Nothing. It's just basically nothing. Francisco, how about this? How about this nugget? I want to read this from you. This is from Vacchiano. Appreciate it as always. The Giants scored 31 second-half points against the Arizona Cardinals. Remember that great second-half comeback, Daniel Jones making plays, doing stuff all over the place. In the other 14 quarters, the Giants have played this year. They have scored 15 points. I'm going to read that one more time for you. Outside of the second half against the Arizona Cardinals, in 14 quarters, the Giant offense has 15 points. A four-point-per-game pace. That's comically bad. Comically bad. And unfortunately for Daniel Jones, as the face of the offense, as the quarterback of the team, and the guy who got paid in the offseason, you're going to have to wear that a lot more than other guys. That might not be fair. That might not be right. That, in some ways, might not be reasonable. But that's life in the NFL. Sorry, bud. He knows it. He's not stupid. You know, he joined us every year, uh, every week last week, or well, last year, whatever the case may be. He, he knows. He knows. But he has not been up to par. Outside of the second half against the Arizona Cardinals, the Giants, for that matter, have not been up to par. Ugly. Very ugly. Let's hit the Elmhurst. The great Charlie is up next. Hi, Charlie. What's up, bud? Uh, uh, Monday night plays out in Plains, but I accept Hammer the live under. 32 and a half. I mean, that's like Giants can't score so. Well, good for you. Easy money. Easy money. Atta boy. And 7 to 3 over, overall. So I'm actually pretty nice week, uh, especially with the last night out of a big, big uh, sun. Well, good for, good for you. I, I wish I wish I could have uh, shared in some of the profits. What can you do, Charlie? The magic. Uh, give credit. Thank you. Nice. Atta boy. My goodness, JJ. Like, get the Giants off of prime time. 
goodness, my goodness, they're not ready for it. Uh, like, it's just abomination. Well, how the what the hell were they doing? Like between the Thursday night game after the San Francisco game to this, and you put up with this goose eggs and garbage from like offensive line, just like a walking turnstile. Any what is that defensive line or opposing defensive line? That's a walking turnstile. I mean. 11 sacks as a Monday night football record. Jesus, my goodness. And Daniel Jones, I uh, didn't need any help with my goodness. The pick six, that was just, that was a dagger. That was a season. Well, end of the game, Charlie, at that particular point in the game, you had some momentum. You had an opportunity to go get back into it, maybe make it a one-score game. You score a touchdown there, you get the building going, and maybe you're thinking, all right, maybe we could steal this one in the fourth quarter. And it's an inexcusable play from a quarterback. Anytime you have a pick six in that situation, it's the quarterback locked down a receiver, the cornerback reading it, the quarterback making a mistake, and you pay the ultimate price. But listen, that pick is perfect, perfect example of why you cannot just look at this game and say, oh, it's all on the offensive line. Because that was a pivotal moment in the game where the quarterback just completely screwed the pooch. Oh, yes. The totally unacceptable, just disgusting, like the defense tackling. Oh, the special teams is absolutely abominable. And, like, coaching, like, no creativity. Bunch of check down after check down. Where's the big play? Well, I mean, Darren Waller is no MIA. What is that? What's, win, miss, miss, what, what, witness the protection program? I mean, this is an absolute joke. And uh, final thing. Uh, so, the, and the, I mean, I, I'm sick and tired as Andy Martino with this Yankee, like, loser, you boom, like, Yankee media coverage. This is getting ridiculous. Well, I, and I'm going to say this, Charlie, about the media with the Yankees. And I'm not trying to single out any of the guys or the gals who cover the team because a lot of them do a really good job and they're hardworking people. And that's not what I'm trying to get at. What I am going to try and get at here is the fact that the media has got, and not the Yankee media, baseball media has gotten way too soft on the Yankees to the point where I get these career resumes listed. Oh, Brian Cashman's done this, 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 this. Oh, Aaron Boone's done this, 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 this. Wait a second. You are the Yankees. You haven't been in a World Series in 14 years. 14 years, Charlie, they have not been in a World Series. They have moved further away from that goal. They have not moved closer to that goal. And their standard now is lame. Their standard now is, hey, we things didn't work out. Therefore, all right, we're going to audit. We're, we're going to change this. We're going to change that. You guys are really going to change a lot. The GM's going to be back. The manager's going to be back. Then what exactly is changing, Charlie? I mean, you tell me. And I'm going to keep believing your buddy, Mike Carver. As long as that loser, boom, stays, they'll never win. They'll never win. And I don't know what's, I don't know what's the, what's the like, you know, like solution or like, you know, how do we get these clowns out of here? You know, it's a great question, Charlie. Charlie, you know, in all honesty, if the Yankees didn't make changes after a year like this, then when are they making changes? Think about that. Think about that. If the Yankees after this year did not make any changes, and don't tell me, oh, it's just going to be the analytics. Or it's, uh, the fact that the owner had to sit through this season and now has the goal and wherewithal to go and say, yeah, we're going to run back Brian Cashman as your GM. We're going to run back Aaron Boone as your manager. Like, 
You needed to, in my opinion, signal to the fan base this year was unacceptable. That, uh, going and revamping with an audit is not exactly showing the Yankee fan that you believe this year was thoroughly unacceptable. I'm sorry. I just don't. I'm sorry. I don't feel that way. The Yankees can try to tell me whatever they tell me in the next few days. I, for one, don't feel that way. Uh, I mean, total, like, it's on the Yankee owner. And, and I hope Judge, Judge convinced him to, like, you know, have fired. I mean, if miracle Christmas. Fire Cashman, Boone, but I don't expect that. Well, he loves Boone. Listen, he loves Boone. That's the one thing I would say on this, Charlie, that Aaron Judge is a big believer in the Yankee manager. Now, I disagree with him on it. And I don't really care if Aaron Judge has a great relationship with the manager. I really don't. Because I think Aaron Judge is the sort of guy, they bring in somebody new, he'll probably have a great relationship with that guy. They may have a great relationship. It has amounted to nothing. Like, that. that's wonderful. That's wonderful. They like each other. They have respect for one another. Great. Maybe win. You know? Maybe get to a World Series at some point in Yankee tenures. The two of you. Maybe. They'll keep getting more opportunities. I can tell you that much. Listen, it's it's exhausting. Getting worked up about what goes on with the Yankees is exhausting. It's I've tried to put it out of out of sight, out of mind, because they've been so irrelevant for the last few weeks. I knew we were coming to a point where they'd come back and announce basically that everybody's coming back. Oh, they're gonna make some changes in the analytics department. Hooray. Let's go throw a parade. Uh let's head to uh Joey, who's up next. He joins us. Hi, Joey. What's up, pal? How you doing tonight? Appreciate you. And uh uh Joey, I appreciate you. Thanks for chiming in. What's up, man? Yeah, tonight just uh you know, we were we were just out coached. I mean, if you have eleven days to to prepare for the for the Seahawks and, and you get you get you put in a performance like that, we were just out coached. Six penalties on special teams, lack of tackling in the defense, offensive line just MIA. And look, and jo- you know, Jones was whatever. I mean, he he did what he could and that and that that interception was horrible, but just the lack of discipline on this team is ridiculous. Uh, you're not wrong about that. And that's why, to me, it's systematic. It's not as simple as the offensive line. It's not as simple as the quarterback. You bring up the amount of hiccups that we've had on special teams. That's unacceptable. Unacceptable. The defense and their inability to tackle and the defensive coordinator telling members of the media that it's not a big deal when it clearly is a big deal and a major problem for them was on full display in this game. They have looked like, Joe, one of the worst teams in the NFL over the first four games of this year. There's no getting around that. Better than us right now. I mean, you know, I mean, the, the, the points the points show it. Like, it's just, it's 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 abomination right now. Um, and and you, you mentioned earlier about Waller. I mean, look, Bellinger could have put up three for 21 easily. You know, where where is this guy? And I, I understand, you know, you look like Jones was looking for him a couple times and everything like that, but it's just like, you know, this guy's this guy's got to get open. He's got to make plays for us. They thought Darren Waller was going to come and be a difference maker. I mean, didn't you, Joe? I mean, that's what I heard the entire offseason. There's your difference maker. There's your number one wide receiver. I, I can't think of a game-changing play that Darren Waller has made in the first four games of this year. Not all on him, I understand that, but he can't make plays. They can't get the ball down the field. They can't block. The quarterback is not seeing the field properly. They're a mess. They're a total mess. And this is where this head coach 
who I liked last year. And listen, I still think he can be a terrific head coach. I'm not backing off of that. He showed me too many good things last year. But now this is where Brian Dable's got to get in the lab and say, okay, we right now are at rock bottom. How do we get ourselves out of this? I mean, look, we're staring at one and five in the face after, after, you know, after six games. I mean, it's going to be a, it's going to be tough sledding going down to Miami and then going up to, uh, going up to Buffalo where, you know, it's, it's, you know, at that point in time, what do you do? You pack it in. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I hope the team has a little bit more, uh, just pride in, in how they're playing to, to get going because right now it looks like they're uninterested when they, when they got stuffed on the, on that fourth down play in the, in the first quarter, it seemed like their body language changed. And just no one cared. And everybody thought, oh, here we go again. Dallas all over again. And this is what you learn, Joe, about the NFL. You can't just think because you went to the playoffs the year before that you're going to pick up, get rolling, and get to that exact point the following year. No guarantees. The Giants last year were incredibly well coached. They were tough. They were resilient. Were they able to take advantage of what was a pretty weak schedule? Yes, they were. Right? Played the AFC South last year. The vision was terrible. Got Jacksonville a good time. Tennessee early. Houston and Indianapolis were a joke. Like, Giants went 4-0 in the AFC South. Got the NFC North last year. Chicago stinks. Green Bay was down. They lost to Minnesota, but then they got Minnesota. Like, they think about those eight games that the Giants played uh, against those particular teams. Are the Giants a better team than the Commanders at this point in time? No, they're not. That could change, but at this point in time, they're not. Where's the offense coming from? Where are the adjustments coming from? That's what I want to know. Let's take a couple more. Uh, Mito is up next. He joins us. Hi, Mito. How we doing, bud? Quick comment about the Giants. When is Joe Shane going to start getting heat? Regardless of what happened tonight, obviously the talent is substantially behind uh, the top in the NFC East. So why are we giving up a third rounder for Waller? His offensive lineman, this is actually looking worse than Gettleman. And everyone's talking about DJ, Dable, Joe Shane's guys. I can't think of one play any of his draft picks have made in the past two years. Look, you get a GM and you give them three to four years to see what their team's going to materialize to be. Yes, you look at some of the picks that have been made by Joe Shane. Evan Neal being a perfect example of that. That's one at this particular point in time. It's fair game to go and roast. It is fair game to go and roast. And you know what happened, Mino? Last year, everything went so perfectly for the franchise that I think now you're really getting a sense and you're getting a feel for the way they have regressed so far this season to how overwhelming and how daunting a rebuild they had going into it even last year. No, I understand. But I also feel like it's the GM's job to analyze that and understand where the roster is you went against a weak uh, Minnesota defense in the playoffs. Then you got absolutely smoked by the Eagles, and they were giving up draft pick assets for a 30-year-old, 31-year-old tight end. See, I'm not going to kill them for that because they spent a ton of money on their quarterback, and they needed a way to improve this offense. Now, right now, Mito, listen, it has not worked out. 
Darren Waller has time to rewrite that narrative. There's still a lot of season left. But you got to find a way to get him going. This guy is too dynamic a player to be as irrelevant as he's been for the Giants. He's too good a player. Let's head to uh, Ramble and Russ, who joins us. What's up, Russ? How we doing, bud? My call, Johnny. Um, yes, Russ. What's good, man? Danny, you're since your days at the fan. I appreciate that. Very kind. Very kind. Listen, you, you can point to everybody you want, but at the end of the day, the buck stops with the head coach. You had 11 days to prepare your team. You came out, you, 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 you drove the ball, and, and it looked, reminded me of Dallas. He drives the ball down. He got a fourth down and one. Don't play that stupid butch bullshit. Kick the field goal. Get three nothing. Get three nothing. And to hear him say, I'll do it again on the post game tells you how ignorant he is. The team stinks in the first half. Take the lead. Take the lead. Take the lead. Get the lead. You've never had a lead in the first half as a team this year. The bottom line is he is not prepared. See, Russ, I don't have, I, I don't have, hold on, hold on a second. The guy went nine, won nine games last year with a terrible roster and won a playoff game last year. I understand that. I, it was a week. I just referenced the week schedule. I just told you how weak a schedule it was, but he did do that in his first year, did he not? 14 out of 16 quarters. Terrible as this year. But this year, they've been as bad as can be. Do you think the Giants are winning that game if they kick a field goal in the first quarter? With all due respect. Look, hey, when I, I totally disagree. How about this? How about this? Get a, get a first down. Get a first down. Get a first down. Don't run a dope. How about this? Russ, instead of, no, but hold on a second. Instead of critiquing the decision to go for it, how about you critique the asinine play call they ran where they're trying to be the Philadelphia Eagles and they don't have the same offensive line as the Philadelphia Eagles? But they kick it, but you're kicking a field goal, which is no guarantee, number one. Well, I, I would not. And listen, that's old school here, but I'll let you make it. I'll let you make it. You look around the NFL now. Coaches are going to coach the way Dable did and the way I would, not the way you would. They're going for it. And I saw Belichick yesterday get his ass whooped. He had a fourth and goal on the three-yard line. He needed a yard, and he's kicking a field goal. That's loser football, Russ. You can't win that way. Not in 2023. You cannot. You cannot. Did the sure. Giants score in the first quarter in any of their first three games to have a lead? In no, they've been awful. But how about score a touchdown? But why, so I, because what good and what confidence is a field goal going to do there for you? Score a touchdown. No, no, no. I, I disagree. Score a touchdown. Get a yard. And how about it's show confidence in your offense that you trust them to get a yard and score a touchdown? Biggest thing. The bottom line is you've done nothing to, to sh throw a screen pass. You've done nothing to calm the rush down. You've done nothing. You've made zero adjustments. And they were getting killed. Seattle was, they've given up 300 yards passing in their three games. They stink, Seattle. They're, to Pete Carroll outcoached this guy. Oh, he did. See, listen, Russ. Well, listen, he, he doesn't stink. Russ, that's outrageous. Let's see. Let's see. The guy was in the playoffs last year. Before you tell me he stinks, he made the playoffs last year. First year head coach made the playoffs. He was NFL coach of the year. He's having a hard time right now. You had a fourth and one at the 27. That's no gimme. That's no gimme field goal. Get a yard. Winning teams go for in that situation. That's the way you coach in 2023. Losers kick. Did Pete Carroll outcoach Brian Dable today? We're in agreement on that. 
No argument there. No argument there. The narrative with the field goal couldn't be more off base. All right, let's take one more before we say goodbye. The great Jeff, Jeff Money is rocking in Queens. Money, I got my ass whooped this week. Holy smokes, dude. It, it happens. It happens. You know, I wound up going three and two. I had another winning week. But, you know, I need to build it up now because, you know, you're not going to always have winning weeks. You know how it goes. The ups and downs and everything. Yeah, you got to hang in there. That's the bottom line. Got to hang in there. Turn it around most definitely. Uh, you know, it's a shame we couldn't uh, win our family play today with the Giants on the wrong side. It's the first Monday night game so far this year I lost. But, you know, it is what it is. We just move on. And, uh, you know, did you look over any of the uh, baseball for tomorrow? So, I have looked into a couple of the baseball playoff series. I have a couple of thoughts, and I'm going to share right now with you. Number one, I think the time is now to actually back the Minnesota Twins to win a series. I can't believe I'm saying it. They've been perennial losers, but they're playing a team that to me might be softer than they are in the Toronto Blue Jays. So I have my eyes on Minnesota to win the series. I'm also looking at Arizona because of the Woodruff injury in their series against Milwaukee. I'm thinking about those two. I'm thinking about Arizona, and I'm thinking about the Minnesota Twins. As far as games tomorrow, I like the Rays tomorrow laying 150 against Texas. I do. The Rangers just just blew it by losing that last game. So they just blew their whole season. You know, look what look at the difference would have been if they would have won against Seattle. They would have had a bye. Now they got to go to Tampa Bay, and it's going to be. I think it's going to be too hard for them there. So yeah, I definitely agree on the Rays for uh, that's the only baseball game I like for tomorrow. I even looked over the Thursday night football game. Oh God, with the Commanders and the Bears, they're going to beg you to take Chicago. I mean, I can't. I've not seen what is that line out of curiosity. To seven, I was looking any which way. I thought maybe the public might be on the Commanders. I was looking for any which way by trend-wise to take the bed. There's no way I can take the bed. If I got to take that game, it won't be one of our of the five picks, but I'm definitely going to give an edge to the command, going with the commanders. I just cannot take them. Well, listen, outside of the Buffalo game, the commanders played pretty well. I mean, they played the Eagles really tough. The only complaint I had with them, Jeff Bunny, is how do you not go for two there at the end of that game? You can't play for overtime when you're not the better team. You're not. Go win the game right in regulation. You score the touchdown. Riverboat, keep them on the field and try to win the game. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that on, on that game. You know, it, like I said, as far as the uh, the week, my Cowboys, you know, they, I, that's why I, was, I like them as my favorite game of the week because after the future, what they did against Arizona coming home, I knew they had to pound it on Belichick, you know, a lot better than I thought, but it was, it was great. Listen, the Cowboys was the only game that I got right this week. So uh, we'll take it, Jeff, buddy. We'll take it any which way we can. Um, I'll tell you what's a scary line. How about the Jets' is underdogs against Denver this week? Doesn't that reek? That's, that would, I know my Jet brethren might be listening right now. That would scare me a little bit. That's a fishy, isn't it? I thought that was fishy because before the lines came out, I said, all right, maybe the Jets will be a uh, favorite. And then after they, you know, played, you know, really good against the Chiefs, you know, the only thing they just blew by, you know, going down 17 points might have been a different story, but at least they covered. Thanks to Mahomes going out of bounds, of course, for me to to put to put the cover in. But uh, yeah, I thought I thought after that game, maybe the line would get a little bit uh, closer. It still got locked in at the same amount at the moment. No, it's at two right now as we speak. Denver is a two point favorite against the Jets, so we'll see if that works its way into old school, new school for week number five. Uh, and Jeff Bunny, let's cash with 
the Tampa Bay Rays tomorrow, laying that 150. I don't like normally laying 150, but I'm doing it tomorrow. Tampa's getting it done. You know me, I only I don't like to go over the 140 mark, but as soon as the playoffs, you know, we got to push it a little bit there. And like you said, that seems like the, uh, the most decent game out of the four. Yeah, listen, these best of threes are tricky. They are tricky. Think about last year. Phillies, big underdog, won against the Cardinals, and then won against the Braves following series. Cleveland beat Tampa. I'm trying to think of the other wild card series last year. Padres beat the Mets. How could I forget? And Seattle beat Toronto. I like it. Listen, I don't like the amount of teams that get in the playoffs. I'm not a fan of that. I will be sitting around watching a lot of baseball. I'll have it on. I'll dive in. Four games throughout the day. Nice way to spend a Tuesday. Coming up later in the week, we'll have our picks. We're also going to have CJ Uzama on the pod, which I'm really fired up about. He's going to join us a bunch of times throughout the course of this year. We'll have our first chat. It's going to be on Thursday's show. Thanks for chiming in tonight. Good job by Stefan. And uh, what a disgrace. New York football. Who would have thunk it? Zach Wilson and the Jets at this point in time are more interesting. By a wide and considerable margin. Didn't have that on my bingo card. JJ signing off. Enjoy. Be good, everybody. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or visit FanDuel.com slash RG. Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 100 Next Step or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or... Visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 109 within Indiana, 100-522-4700, or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 100gambler.net in West Virginia, or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts. Or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC slim fit trouser, but I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. 
Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more.